Well, good morning and welcome to the Mission Viejo Church of Christ. What a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Uh, I hope that all of you had a wonderful, wonderful 4th of July weekend. I'll tell you what, if I see another hot dog or burger, it's going to be rough for me. So uh, we are excited to see you here with us this morning, and we pray that you leave here encouraged as we worship our Heavenly Father collectively in spirit and in truth. And to our visitors, we want to let you know that you are our honored guest, and you're always welcome to this church whenever the doors are open. And like Aaron mentioned in the announcements, if you hadn't had a chance yet, there is a card in the back of your pew. Please fill that out and uh, uh, turn that in to me or one of our shepherds, or there's a box in the foyer. We'd love to have a record of your attendance so that we can invite you back out here and get you plugged in. I don't know if you're looking for a church home or what's brought you here, but we're so excited to have you, and we want you to call this church your home because I don't think you'll find a finer church in all of Mission Viejo. Um, I'll tell you what, uh, Aaron mentioned it this morning, but uh, it's my year anniversary. Um, yeah, so this time last year, I was hired uh, to officially be your full-time uh, preaching minister. Before that, I was doing kind of like an interim-type fill-in thing, and then I was officially offered the job. Uh, I was taken out to the mall and given a good lunch, and then they uh, broke down the wonderful news to me. And I tell you what, my family and I have enjoyed our honeymoon period uh, here at this church. But for all of us that have been married, you know that after the honeymoon, reality begins. Amen? Uh, so <laughs> after the honeymoon, you wake up next to that person, and you're like, wow. Uh, uh, Mary does that every morning. But um, I'll tell you what, <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. Mary and I have enjoyed our first year here, and we are looking forward to many more years to come. So as you get to know the Dardens more and as we get to know you more, Let's continue to encourage one another and to be quick to forgive because we all make mistakes. Amen. All of us mess up. And I just want to quickly say thank you for all the wonderful encouragement. After I preach, I know it's a honeymoon period. People come up to me and say, Jason, that was a great sermon that was really encouraging. And, and I hope and pray that continues. OK, so uh, but I just I, I, again, I just want to say thank you for that. It has meant so much to me, to be encouraged by you all as I do my best to encourage you uh, publicly from the pulpit. But like I said, as we transition and the longer we get to know each other, we, we start noticing things about each other. Uh, and I just want to remind us all to be quick to forgive. And today's message is really timely because we're going to be talking about having a forgiving heart. So that's, that's kind of neat. I wanted to do uh, the state of the church address today, but I just want to make you aware of a couple of things that I think are really, really neat. I think um, over the past year, we've had something like 15 baptisms. Now, that's something to celebrate, and that's not transfer of membership per se. That's new people coming, hearing the message, and being immersed in Christ, and then adding, uh, being added to the church. And our retention rate right now was really, really neat, so that's something to celebrate. Oh, my goodness. God is good. And then secondarily to that, I think we've had something like 15 to 17 new family units place membership at this church and that's just so amazing and so exciting to think about. So as we look towards the future, let's keep up this encouraging attitude and this encouraging setting here at this church because that goes a very long way. Um, so for the past two weeks, you know, we've been working our way through a sermon series entitled 
uh, the Jesus heart. And as we study the life of Jesus, we notice something so special and so different about him than any other person before him or after him. And in the stories of the Gospels, we get a chance to see the heart of our dear Savior, Jesus Christ, which is really what I defined last week, the intellectual and emotional innermost part of a person. So I think all of us here this morning would say that we all want to have a heart like Jesus. And so far, we've looked at two different characteristics. The first week, we talked about uh, Jesus's heart uh, being a, uh, a listening heart and how we ought to mimic that same attitude. We've got to be huge listeners, always growing. And then last week, we talked about uh, the focused heart of Jesus, and we talked about him coming to serve, and then it was finished upon his death upon the cross. And during that whole time of his ministry, he was focused on the mission at hand and how we ought to be focused people as well. But there's another characteristic that I think is so special and so moving and so powerful when it comes to the heart of Jesus Christ. And it's the fact that Jesus had the greatest forgiving heart in the entire world. And if we are going to have hearts like our Savior, Jesus Christ, one of the characteristics that we have to get down and really shore up in our life is this idea of being forgiving people and having forgiving hearts. But that's easier said than done, isn't it? Because when people hurt us, it often stings and it cuts and it's hard to get over. And the story goes that there was a preacher who was known for his lengthy sermons. And he noticed a man get up and leave during the middle of his sermon. Uh, and later the man returned just before the conclusion of the service. And afterwards, the preacher went up to the man and said, uh, Sir, where did you go? And the man said, I went to go get a haircut. And the preacher said, well, why didn't you do that before the service? And the man said, because I didn't need one then. <laughs> you know, um, we can easily be offended, can't we? we or, or we can offend someone without even trying to do it. It just, it just happens. It's a, a part of the human conditions. We say things that we oftentimes don't really mean to say. We, we make mistakes. People offend us. We offend other people. And that's just a part of being human. But what we've got to learn to do is how to let some things go. I know some people that are offended by every single thing that happens to them. But when I look at the life of Jesus, there was a lot that happened to him. And you know what he said? Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. And you're probably saying, well, some people know what they're doing, right? But the principle is we've got to learn how to be forgiving people and let some things go. And if there is a thesis statement that I want you to remember this morning, remember this. You're doing yourself a favor by forgiving. Think about that. You're doing yourself a favor by forgiving someone else. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, let's get into it. Go to this first slide, Mike. I want you guys to read this statement with me together. We've been doing this every week over the past two weeks, this week now. So you guys join me in saying this. God loves me just the way I am, but he refuses to leave me that way. He wants me to have a heart like Jesus. If you believe that, say amen this morning. Amen. God loves us just the way we are, but he's constantly trying to help us grow and change our hearts. 
So the first passage of Scripture that I want to look at this morning is found in Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 8. So if you have a copy of your New Testament this morning, take it out, open up, or you can simply follow along with us on the screen. Now you might be saying to yourself, what does this verse have to do with forgiveness? Well, bear with me, we're going to make this connect. It says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Well, let's set the context of of this passage and try to figure out what was going on first. First, we know that Jesus came to this earth and he was recognized as the Savior. Later on, he was baptized by his cousin John the Baptist and he began to be recognized as someone special. So he would go around to the regions and preach in various areas. And then we come to this text in Matthew chapter 5 where he goes up to a, a mountainside. And, and the text is it's, it's the Sermon on the Mount as, as we recognize it. So people begin to follow him and begin to listen to his teachings. And then in Matthew chapter 5, he, he opens up and begins to talk about all these different characteristics that, that people should have. So if we look at that text... Um, In verse number three, it says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful. And then verse number eight, blessed are the pure in heart, because something will happen if they're pure in heart. They will get to see God. I don't know about you. I want to see God. I want to see him every day. I want to see him every moment. I want to know what he wants for me. I want to know and have that relationship with him. I want to see him every day. And I hope all of us would say the same thing. And I think we would. We all want to see God. Well, what does that mean? In other words, those with a pure heart will be able to hear and see the workings of God in their lives. I was talking to someone this week and this person was telling me about all the difficulties and hardships they were encountering and this person said to me God is not working I don't see him working and and the first thing that came to my mind is well where are you when it comes to your heart and your relationship with him because if your heart is pure you see God working even in the midst of difficulties don't you when you're having a hard time you say God is still on the throne he's still working and at work So if we have a pure heart, we're able to see and hear the workings of God. But on the flip side, we know that sin defiles. And and, and, an unforgiving heart defiles. Forgiveness keeps our, our hearts pure and it keeps us clean. But sin drives us away from God and unforgiveness takes us away from Him. But when we forgive... And we let it go. It causes us to be purged and cleansed. And then we can draw closer to him. Go to this next slide, Mike. I want to look at this passage as well. It's found in Proverbs chapter 4, verses 23 through 25. It says this. Above all else, do what? Guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Put away perversity from your mouth. Keep corrupt talk from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. I love this text. And you guys bear with me for just a moment as we flesh this out. It says, above all else, of most importance, what we need to do is guard our hearts. Now, what does it mean to guard your heart? Well, we define what the heart was. The intellectual well-being and the emotional well-being of the person. So it says, guard your heart your thought process, 
and guards your emotions. Now, how do you do that? Now, I know some people that are so, so emotional. Have you ever heard this statement? You're a person that wears their heart on their sleeve, right? What does that mean? You know, what does that mean? But I think the text here is clear. Whatever that means, we've got to make sure we guard it because it is the wellspring of life. The Bible tells us to guard our heart because it's our motor that keeps us going. If your motor is bad, the car is not going to work, right? So if our thought process is not on the right path or our emotional well-being is not on the right path, life is going to be tough and hard and difficult for us. But if we're able to keep that in check, we're able to function properly. But if we let our thought process and our emotions take control of us, we become contaminated bitter and angry people. Amen? And I think all of us would say we've been there before when we let that situation get the best of us or that emotion take control. We've become contaminated, bitter, and angry. And an unforgiving attitude contaminates the heart and does not allow us to be pure in heart. And as a result, we don't see the working of God in our lives. So when it says this pure heart, that's what we've got to guard. We've got to guard the pureness So do yourself a favor and forgive, because forgiveness is for you and your relationship with God. I want to say that one more time. Forgiveness is for you and your relationship with God. You see, when you don't forget it, it drives you away and it messes up you and your relationship with the Father. But if you're able to forgive and let it go, God is pleased with that. But you notice what we do when someone hurts us. What's the first thing? And I, I wish I could just go around and do a survey this morning. What's the first thing that you do when someone hurts you? Do you just keep it in and go in your room and sulk? Or do you go tell everybody that you know what happened? We all do that, don't we? I can't believe what this person did to me. Let me tell you, right? And we go around just, just telling everybody what happened. We want everybody to know and to understand what's going on. It reminds me of children, right? You ever heard the term tattletale before? Yeah, sometimes I have to tell my kids, stop telling so much. You always got to tell. I had a, my sister's not here, so I can fuss at I'm Sally. <laughs> Was, was, was my baby sister, the one that would always tell. She would go and tell mom and dad everything, right? And she would let everybody know what happened. And that's what we do sometimes when people hurt us. And that's not very forgiving when we go around and talk about it and let it fester. And then what happens is people add fuel to the fire. I can't believe they did that to you. If I were you, I would go do this. And then you're like, yeah, that's right, you know? And it begins to expand and grow, and it becomes even more and more problematic because we're adding fuel to the fire. But here's what the Bible says in verse number 24. Keep that away from your mouth and let corrupt talk be far, far from your lips. So when somebody's messed with you or hurt you or bothered you, you know what you should do? Stop talking about it. But that's easier said than done. But we've got to stop talking about it. And then it goes on to say, Uh, look straight ahead. So what does that mean? It means don't tell everybody you know about how someone hurts you and stop looking behind at what happened and how they mistreated you, but keep your eyes focused on the future, on what's ahead. But oftentimes we do the exact opposite. And if we want to have a forgiving heart, we have to have that mindset. Keep our mouths closed and look forward. And that's hard for some people, some people to do. 
well, how can we do this? Let's look at Psalm. Next slide, Mike. Psalm 103, verses 10 through 12. And actually, I want to go there and I want to read a, a couple of passages uh, before that because I think it's so profound. Uh, we're going to start in verse number 8 of Psalm 103. You guys follow along with me in your Bibles, if you will. It says, The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, but look at this, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. And I love verse number 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. I love this text because I think there's so much there. First of all, it tells us and communicates to us that God forgives us every day, every single day, and he removes our wrongdoings as far as the east is from the west. And why does he do this? Because he loves us. Remember what Jesus said while he was on the cross, as the soldiers stripped him and beat him and put that crown of thorns on his head, strung him up on the cross, put the nails in his wrist and in his feet. He said, Father, forgive them. I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I'd be able to do that. But Jesus forgave like that. He had that type of heart. And what is it that someone's done to you that is so, so bad that you can't forgive? I think if we compare it to what Christ went through, it's probably not that much. Not that much. And the scripture teaches us if we love like Jesus commands us to love, we can look past what people have done for us. I want to go to a very uh, familiar passage that we all know. It's not up on the slide, but you guys turn there with me. It's 1 Corinthians 13, and you guys know where I'm going already. We call it the love chapter. The love. <laughs> I don't know if you say it like that, but I do. The love chapter. And it starts off in verse number 4, 1 Corinthians 13, and, and it says this. Love is what? Patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in truth. Wait a minute, preacher, you skipped over a little section there. Well, I did that on purpose because oftentimes that's what we like to do. We don't want to hear this one. Uh, it keeps no records of wrongs. Wait a minute. Now we're getting to some issues. I know some people that keep a tally in their mind of everything that someone did wrong to them. And they can open up in a moment's notice. I mean, they're really fast with it. I remember on March 7th of 2014 that <laughs> you did this. Where did that come from? Right? And we keep a list, and the list gets longer and longer and longer. And then we look at the list and say, look at all this stuff that you've done to me. Now you can understand why I can't forgive. That's hogwash, as we say in the army. Hogwash. Because love doesn't keep a record of wrongs. If it did, it did half of our marriages wouldn't survive, would they? If every time I messed up, Mary was like, mm-hmm, I remember that. We, we wouldn't make it. 
But Mary says, my husband's hard-headed. I'm going to stick it out with him, so it's going to be okay. <laughs> right? We forgive. That's what we're called to do if we want relationships to last and to work. So 1 Corinthians chapter 13 tells us that if we love, we, we forgive. That's why God can say to us, he says something very profound that I kind of don't like. But that's why he can say to us, you even love your enemies. What? What? That's right, because love is bigger than the wrong that someone has done to us. And the Bible then goes on to say, do good to those who mistreat you. But in culture, we think the direct opposite, don't we? You cut me off in traffic, I can't wait to speed up behind you. Or whatever the case may be. I'm just waiting for that opportunity that I can get you in my, you know. But the Bible says we don't function that way. Why? Because of this next passage. Matthew chapter 6. Next slide, please. Verses 14 and 15. Now, this is a passage that just hits me right between the eyes every single time. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. That's a nice verse. Let's leave it there, right? But then it goes on to say in verse number 15, But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive forgive your sins. Ooh, right? That's a, that's a tough one. Very clear, plain English. If you have trouble forgiving, your relationship with God is not correct. And you should probably work on that. And I would be the first to point the finger at myself and say, I can improve on this. I want to be a big forgiver because I don't know about you, I mess up every single day. And oftentimes, it's the same thing over and over and over again, right? And we tell our kids all the time, you're doing the same thing over and over again, and you can't, but you're not going to stop loving your child, are you? You're just going to keep working and hoping that they get better. I mess up every day, and I say things that I shouldn't say, and I do things that I shouldn't say, but God continues to forgive me. So no matter how many times I fall short, he'll forgive me. So who is it? that we think we are, by keeping a record of wrongs and saying, you know what, I've hit my limit, I'm done. The audacity of that. God calls us to have forgiving hearts and calls us to be the same way with other people. We must have forgiving hearts, otherwise he won't forgive us. I know I'm standing uh, between uh, lunch right now. Uh, Pepino's is, is prepared uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this short, but I, I want to look at this last slide. Uh, this last slide is so powerful. I don't know if you've heard this story, but when I heard this story, it really hit me to the core. Really hit me to the core. I don't know if you recognize this picture, but this picture is of a mother hugging a young teenage man with a lawyer in the background with a scowl on his face. I guess that's how lawyers look. I don't know. Ryan, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> but the story goes that this young man uh, decided to be a tough guy and show how powerful and strong and how popular he was. So he decided to take a handgun to school. So he had a handgun in his pocket on the way to school, but he took the public bus to school. So this young man was on the public school bus and his friends were around him and he decided to take the gun out of his pocket to show people how tough and how bad he was. Unfortunately, while he was showing the gun off, he pulled the trigger. 
and a bullet flew out of the chamber, and it struck a young lady sitting directly in front of him in the neck. And that young lady died on the school bus, the way to school. If you read the story even more, this young lady was a good student. All she was doing was trying to make her parents happy, going to school, working hard, trying to make it to the next level of college and so forth and so She was not a troublemaker by any means, a good child. And this young man, because of a poor choice, silly mistake, ended this young lady's life. The mother was absolutely devastated. I don't know about you. I hate to kind of try to put us into that situation, but if I was in that same situation, I wouldn't know what to do with myself. Someone innocent like this young lady, her life was taken. So later on, they had a trial. And during this trial, the man was in front of the jury and in front of the judge, and they made a decision, came to a verdict, manslaughter. And this woman did something that was so profound and so moving. She went up to that young man and said, I forgive you for taking my daughter's life and then hugged them, and this is the picture that they got to capture. I don't know how she was able to do this. I don't think I would have been able to do that, but I think this caption speaks so profoundly to this idea of forgiveness. Now, I've had, had many terrible things happen to me. I can't compare to this, but if this lady was able to forgive that, what is it that we can't forgive? much. So this morning, if we are going to have a heart like Jesus, we have to be people that are willing to forgive. Let it go. And when we say forgive, we're not condoning the action. We're not saying it's okay. We're not saying that you can continue to hurt me, but we're saying, you know what? I'm going to guard my heart, and I'm going to be self-controlled, and I'm not going to react when you, when you mistreat me, and I'm going to forgive you. Because all of us are broken pieces of pottery. And like the Lord said, we don't know what we're doing at times. So this morning, I'm encouraging you to think about this aspect of Jesus' heart. Church, let's be known as the forgiving church here. We let things go. And we love you. And I guarantee if you do that, your life will be blessed because you're really helping yourself out and you're doing yourself a favor by forgiving. This morning, we've got a song of invitation selected. If there is someone here that has been dealing with this issue of forgiveness, it's been a real struggle for you, it's been a real burden, you've been having a hard time, this invitation is for you. You can come forward and say, Lord, I, I, I'm having a hard time. It's hard for me to forgive. And the Lord will say, I'll, I'll work with you, I'll help you with that. Or maybe here this morning, you're in need of forgiveness because you messed up. That's why we do this invitation. The Lord says, I'll forgive you. And you can start your life off as if nothing ever happen. There's not many organizations that you can go to where you get a brand new start, but thanks be to God for the church and for the life and death of Jesus Christ. If there's anyone here this morning that is in need of prayer, maybe you want to be baptized, this invitation is for you. Whatever your needs or concerns are, won't you come together while we stand and sing the song of invitation.